0: Block Talk Radio.
1: And welcome to the FOMCAST. This is TC Elliott here, wanting to play some music, wanting to talk to callers, and wanting to have a good time. Welcome. To the cast All About Bomb February Album Writing Month 2015 edition. We are going to start with a song. It is by Aaron of the. It is called Belief in Love. that was Aaron of the Belief in Love and that was song 44481 4, ah, It's a joyful time back in farm farmland writing songs lots of songs sharing songs reading lyrics what a great time of year coldest month of the year for us well for me in the northern hemisphere so let's warm up by playing some more music this next song is by Bomb Borton, the Incredible Melting Man. Thank you. The Incredible Melting Man. The Incredible Melting Man. And I'm back on the radio show. That was Bob Vorton, The Incredible Melting Man, song 44928. Oh, I love Bob Vorton. I love the title line, the melody on the title line of that song. It was great. All right. I have a call-in line if anybody wants to call in. It's a number you can call. It is area code 347-884-8934. That's 347-884-8934, a U.S. number. If you want to call in, I will put you on the air and ask you how your farm is going after the next song. And speaking of the next song, we have. What do we have? What do we have? Kevin Emmerich with How Do Things Slip Away? Years go
2: by still in this trail.
0: My gal, so much more. It's funny I was on top of the world such a short time ago. Out. Of Young girls dress up best.
1: And that was Kevin Emmerich with the song, How Do Things Slip Away? And that is song 43252. And for those of you who want to know, if you go to the FOM site, you put org slash song slash the number I give you. It'll take you directly to the uh, song. Each song has a number, and that's what I put in there. You can also search for them in the song search feature at the top of the page on the FOM.org site. Uh, You can search for Kevin Emmerich's name or any of the other uh, artist names on here and find them that way. Get a little bit more information, the lighter notes, kind of figure out what's going on. So if you hear anything, I encourage you to go and leave a comment that you heard it on the FOMcast and that you enjoyed listening to their songs Encourage each other, each other. Uh, What do we got? Real quick, I looked at the uh, FOM.org page. I clicked on the songs tab, and there is 1,757 songs posted on the site as of two and a half minutes ago. That's 1,757 songs. And I looked on the Farmers uh, link, the tab, and it said 2003 Farmers. I'm assuming that means active Farmers this year that have logged in recently. So I think there's a lot more Farmers than that that are registered. So 2003, so not too bad. Over 1,750 songs. That's quite a bit for a first, uh, what, this is day four? Day four of Farm. Pretty cool stuff. I have another song lined up. This is by The Contortionist, and it is called Age. Amen. Uh-huh. That was The Contortionist with the song Age. And I believe the number was 44541. That's 44541. Oh, good song. Listening to lots of songs on the site for the last couple of days. uh, Remember, if you want to be played on the FOMCAST, the song must be downloadable. So if you use the SoundCloud and it's not downloadable, I can't use it on the FOMCAST, which is fine if you don't want it to be used, but there's some good songs out there that I can't use because it's not downloadable, and I completely understand how some people want one or all of their songs not downloadable, but just so you know, if you're not chosen, that could be why. I have another song here, but it looks like it may not have uh, loaded properly, so we're going to try it and see what happens. Uh, Yep, didn't work. So, we will skip that one and go to the next one. Here is Keith Barrett, Lucifer's Hammer. Oh, come
0: before the fall. No one gives heed to the warnings of prophets.
1: that was Keith Barrett, Lucifer's Hammer, song 44550. That's 44550. And it looks like we may have a caller. Let's check in. Caller, are you there? Hi,
3: it's Sean the Duct Tape Guy up in Midland, Canada.
1: Oh, hey. How's it going, Duct Tape Guy? Just fine, thanks. How's your farm going so far?
3: Oh, uh, five in. Oh sweet! How, yeah, how did you manage that? I have no <laughs> idea.
1: <laughs> wow! That makes me that's jealous. Sort of I
3: thought like when I'm teaching songwriting to children, you got to give them permission and a pencil.
1: Right. <laughs> right. That's awesome. I thought I was doing great. I had a song a day for three days in a row. I was like, "Yeah, I'm rocking it." And then here you are bragging about the big five. I mean, that's crazy.
3: Well, it's
1: fine. I'll take yeah. it. Oh, take it! I love it. That's awesome. That's what we're here for. So uh, you said Canada. Where in Canada? Midland on the shores of Georgian Bay in Central Ontario. Ah, Central Ontario. That that works better for my poor geography. <laughs> well, you're on the other side of Lake uh, Lake Ontario, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in Missouri, so I'm a pretty long ways on the other side of the of the Great Lakes. Oh, I thought you were um, I thought you were in Ohio for some reason. Uh, no, lucky for me. No offense, Ohio people, but I'm a little little more south than that, down in Missouri. <laughs> I, I just I just made somebody mad. I don't know who, but I just made somebody mad.
3: <laughs> well, uh,
1: they can call in too. Yeah, they can they can give me a piece of their mind. Oh. Um, so on the FOM site, have you signed up or written any songs for any of the challenges?
3: Yeah, I did the spelling challenge. Oh, sweet. And, yep, it worked out kind of well. I, I The spelling challenge was easy. You, you know how parents always S-P-L-L in front of their C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N like they don't know? Right. <laughs> is,
1: that, is that what you did? Yeah. That's great <laughs> Oh man I'm glad you called I ha- I don't think we've talked We've spoken before Have we I'm not sure uh, I know uh, I've seen you around a lot I-, I know I've listened to A lot of your music In the past So that's a good thing It is Well it's all about community Yeah Definitely That's uh, that's definitely That's definitely The strength of Of FALM It's uh I think uh, Errol was was talking about uh, how he was going to do his foam and there was a discussion either in the forums or on the Facebook page, and somebody says, well, why don't you do a different challenge? And he said, it's the community. That's what keeps drawing him back. There's there's not a better group of uh, songwriters in the world as far as encouraging one another and, and support, and I think that's absolutely true. It's, it's and the other stuff. thing I like about about Errol's particular way of doing his farm
3: is he's going to be a bit of a farm rebel, I understand. Yeah. Um, I was a very early volunteer in LibriVox. I don't know if you've heard of public domain audiobooks. Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, LibriVox records pu- uh, public domain books and releases them back into the public domain. And the first couple of years in LibriVox were just amazing. But as people found ways to do things and ways to uh, to do this crazy project, record every public domain book ever printed, um, yeah. that turned into to tradition, which turned into rules, which turned turned into laws, which became etched in stone. Uh-huh. And uh, the thing about FOM, it, it really is a personal challenge. We have yes. rules and guidelines, but... Uh, by all means blow
1: through them <laughs> yeah i i think that uh it's it's kind of amazing that so many different people across the world can get together and be creative and really the the rules are are pretty thin there's you know it's like it's like the main rules be polite be respectful and then everything else just kind of flows from that and
3: yeah well and then the rules for the challenge really like Make of it what you wish 14 songs in 28 days um, Is what you make of it But uh, it's about challenging yourself
1: Definitely Definitely No, I agree 100%
3: And I I should call up the thread But I'm too lazy Um, Stephen Wesley Giles Did an amazing thing uh, Last night Actually Eric Distad has since did it Steve Wesley Giles recorded an album last night A whole album Yes. Oh, wow. Ten song ten songs, ten uh-huh. seconds each. <laughs> ten, 10 second songs. <laughs> yes. And it's just brilliant. It's a it's an incredibly beautiful piece. Um some, and well, the sixth ten second song on this suite was This Isn't Easy <laughs> was the title. And somebody commented something like, okay, you're saying this isn't easy, but it's sort of like someone playing a video game on the super hard um, expert level and saying, man, this is hard. For anyone else, this is impossible.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's amazing. You say uh, Eric did the same thing or is doing the same thing?
3: I Eric posted 10 songs today.
1: Oh wow. I saw
3: they, uh go ahead. They were longer than 10 seconds each. Some of them were were huge huge magnum opuses as long as 45 seconds.
1: Uh overachiever. <laughs> uh I did see a few of uh I I call Steven Applehead. So forgive me for telling the world Steven. But uh I saw some of his songs in the, uh, song list today. As I realized I, I had done my homework last night and listened to songs and picked a few songs for the show, but I hadn't actually uploaded them to the blog talk radio site, which can be a little, uh, frustrating at times. It doesn't always go smoothly. Uh, so here I was with about 40 minutes before the show trying to get everything uploaded on the site. And so I didn't have a chance to listen to a whole lot. And, uh, uh, but I did see those. I'm definitely going to check out the ten ten-second 10 second songs and even uh, Eric's uh, effort. That sounds like an awesome, I, I think that's a great way that illustrated your point. It It is what you make of it and it can be incredibly uh, rewarding in a lot of different ways. And I think that's what I've gotten from FALM the most. How about you? What, what have you gotten most out of FALM? It was the realm of the possible really for me. And it
3: completely changed me as an artist. Um, because I had put out an album in 2004 and I was writing, oh, half a dozen songs a year or something. And I had been doing, I had a long running songwriting podcast for about five or six years. And I was writing these four or five songs a year, but interviewing these amazing songwriters. Um, and I joined Farm on a whim on January 31st. 2013 thinking what the hell I'll get a song out of it. Um, right. 16 days later I had 14 songs. Wow. And something about again what I said earlier about giving children a pen full and a paper and permission. Uh-huh. The whole vibe of foam, giving us permission to just go wild and experiment and try and uh just keep writing. It's very yeah. liberating, and it completely changes the way you approach songwriting. Yeah. Because, uh, and the biggest thing was catch and release. Oh. I I had I had an instance of, the, you know that moment when you're in the middle of a dream, and you dream that you're writing a song? <laughs> <laughs> and you've got yeah. this decision point. Okay, I know that if I leave it till tomorrow, I'm going to say in my dream that I'm going to remember it, but it's not going to happen. Right. So I was at that half sleeping, half waking point and I've got this stanza that I'm co writing with my daughter in my dream. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know what? I know I'm dreaming. I know I could wake up and write this down. But I wanna sleep. There'll be another song. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> let it go. Yeah.
1: I yeah. I I think uh Psalm for me was just being creative, uh being creative. Like having, like you said, giving somebody permission and you never know what's going to come out. Uh, and I think giving my permission, giving myself permission to suck was a big uh, floodgate opener for me on being able to just, it doesn't matter. I'm finishing everything or almost everything. I'm 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 just finishing it, I'm just getting it out there and, and I'll post it and if it's embarrassing so so be it. It it's a creative outlet. And I think I think the more we can get people to be creative, the better the world is. And that and FOMS really fostered that in me. Somebody
3: thought they somebody thought they would challenge me a couple a few days ago and they said, Well, it, it's quite quality versus quantity. And uh no quantity really does breed quality first of all but second of all i quickly realized doing form that a song that i wrote in an hour uh-huh. or a song that i wrote slaved over for 6 months can uh-huh. suck just as much as a song that i wrote in an hour <laughs>
1: right <laughs> that's funny i think yeah somebody uh put up the story about the the pottery class and was Was talking about that and I've seen that many times where it kind of showed that those who went for quantity uh, were pitted against those who only had one piece of work but they were graded on quality and it turned out that a lot of the best pieces in the class were those who um, went for quantity because partly because they were able to practice and try things without fear of failure they could they could try it if it didn't work they moved on took a lesson made the next one better and by the end of the class they had had all this practice and were able to to put it to good use where the where the students who only had one you know all their mistakes their learning mistakes was in that one they didn't have time to learn and then improve and I think that's an important lesson to have I'm not saying it's for everybody by by any means but I think that's a, a very important lesson so. uh,
3: yeah another thing on the same thing um Another farmer, Matt Bleck, who who runs the Beatles Songwriting Academy blog, um, mm-hmm. he wrote right. a post about Wild Honey Pie on the White Album. Uh-huh. And it's a weird song. It's just a particularly weird song. And he wrote, yeah. why does this matter? Well, this matters because it was Paul McCartney, all himself, playing drums, bass, singing, learning how to use four-track technology, and letting himself just run wild. Yeah. Um So, and that's how you get to write yesterday. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Exactly. Um,
3: Because if you don't give yourself permission to suck, you're not going to find the good ones either.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I started FOM in uh, 08, and I was lucky. uh, Nancy Ross befriended me right away and and kind of... Kind of encouraged me when I was new and didn't know a whole lot of people and and that really meant a lot to me it still still means a lot to me um, but that that fostered a lot of uh good feelings in me and made it made it work just so much better for me in the whole process of being able to learn and and be able to go on and just i mean. I guess I guess the big thing was we learned that I I figure I got back then I was getting a good song out of every six or seven tries. If I wrote six songs, one of them I thought was pretty decent. And what I found with FOM was that pretty much held true, but instead of writing six songs a year and having a good one, I wrote a whole lot more songs, so I had a whole lot more good ones at the end of the year. And so that that was great. I really liked it. Um You ready for another song? Oh, yeah. Awesome. We're going to go ahead and play – what do we have here? A song by Oddbod. It's called Oh No, Oh No, Oh No. That was Odd Bod with his song "Oh No, Oh No, Oh No," song four 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 seven zero. And Sean, are you still with us? I'm here. Awesome.
3: I just managed well, to comment on that song on the on the forums. For the boys cool. and girls watching at home, this is how you write a folk rock song: mm-hmm. the groove, the rhythm section, the vocals, the lyrics,
1: just work. Yeah. Uh I Oddbot is, is definitely a good one. That's uh I don't even know if I have uh Oddbod
0: watch listed or not, but consistently
1: quality uh songwriting throughout everything. But when I heard this one, um I think it was last night I heard this one and it was like oh, okay, that's ear candy right there. There's just like you said, that's just that's just how you do it. Definitely a good one. Be be uh good to, if we could all just nail one like that every time out, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, in the chat room, I think it was, uh, who was it that suggested, oh, it's Tesla 3090. Uh, maybe we should create a thread with first FOM songs and recent FOM songs to see the improvement. And I know my first FOM is is pretty cringe-worthy. Uh, how about you? Have you seen a progression? I know you had written songs uh, pretty regularly before Fall, but have you have you seen a progression there? Um.
3: Yes and no. Like some of the songs from my first Fall have worked their way into my uh, into my regular set list, but some of them are. Uh, some of them I, I demo once and never play them again. So it's hard to say. But certainly I'm, I'm noticing that I'm uh, approaching my craft differently now and that uh, the home runs are coming more frequently.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, last fall, I think, was my best home. I know it's the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, of course, we don't know about this year yet. Um, but there was, I had, uh, several songs that I, I liked a lot, and there was a couple of, um, collaborations that I absolutely love. Uh, so it was, it was by far, for, for me, I do fifty ninety as well, and fifty ninety I can kind of settle in, and it's like, I, I guess, less pressure to get it done, and, uh, if you go away for two weeks and come back, it's not a big deal, and, and I just seem to get, I, I think it's the, the quantity... Saying if I get fifty songs, there's going to be more keepers in there than if I do fourteen or 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 twenty songs. And uh, and last year I felt FOM really really outdid fifty ninety, and and I think that's the first time for me. And it, and I was really happy. And so far this year, I've stuck to the acoustic. It's been real, not not real high polished recordings, just guitar and vocal. And I've been pretty happy so far. I, that's I think where when I, I live, lo- so yeah when i when I look back i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna like this one but i i'm not gonna look back for a couple of months so we'll we'll, we'll I, see um, later have
3: a, i have an instant, instant focus group i'm very oh. fortunate um i'm a an elementary school teacher librarian uh, so oh, okay. i actually played two of my poem songs one of them I wrote on purpose to play for the kids um there's an annual um uh, book award that they get all the children in Canada to vote on. It's called the Forest of Reading Awards. And a, a friend of mine, who who is a fine songwriter, he works at the local public library. And myself have been writing songs inspired by these books for the last several years. Oh, okay. So I played played one of those songs for the kids today. And I also play. I did a collab uh, just last night. Uh, Arthur Rossi just posted dozens and dozens of these amazing lyrics and they're so easy to set music to because they're so well crafted the the melodies and the rhythms just jump right out of them Um, Uh. so I played one of those for the kids and the thing about uh, playing a brand new song with children is that uh, you better be ready for feedback Uh because they're going to and (laughs) I knew I had it right because by the second chorus the kids are singing along and, right. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, the thing about uh, kids in general. If they, if you can keep their attention, is uh, you're going to get honest feedback. There's there's not always sugarcoating, and you're going to know exactly what they like. And uh, sometimes that's a that's that's a very valuable thing to have. That you don't always get. You know, the wife. At first she was real supportive and now she rolls her eyes, another new song, you know, and uh you know, the kids don't want to hear anything. My my two daughters, they don't want to hear anything. But but if you can get the nieces and nephews or like you you've got a captive audience there, if you can get them to give you the feedback, generally it's it's good honest feedback. Um I was I was wondering, uh, how do you generally write a song? Are you lyric first, uh music first, kind of a combination? How how's that process go? it's funny you should say that
3: um when I did my songwriting podcast for the sake of the song somewhere in the interview it was a half hour interview where we play a few songs um often live uh talk about the craft and I would just dive in in the middle of nowhere words are music people would say what what (laughs) honestly it it really is informed by the song
2: Uh. um
3: I, I was, I, I, had you asked me five years ago, I would have said, oh, I'm a words first, story first songwriter. Yeah. But, uh, now the groove can speak to me. Or now it may be just a phrase or something. Uh, I'm certainly most comfortable with words first. That's yeah. why I like doing things like uh, working with the lyrics only songwriters. Because yeah. it feels like a vacation for me. I <laughs> just have to take these, these words are here. I just have to sing.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I've, we've had this discussion in the past. I know, uh, Nancy and hoops and Helen and I, and Debs and Charlie Cheney. And uh, I mean, there were a bunch of us that basically lived in the chat room back in, in, uh, when I first started and we'd had, had some of these conversations and it was really interesting. I always considered myself a music first guy and I, and I really am. I, I kinda of construct words to the music. Um, but it's it's amazing, like you said, it kinda of depends on the song. And I have done uh several collaborations with uh lyricists, uh, or, or somebody who would provide the, the lyric first. And it's different for me. It's 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 a different feel, I think. I can tell the difference. But when I ask, you know, people who listen if there's four or five songs there, they can't pick out the ones that it was lyric first. Uh, sometimes they can pick out ones that I didn't write the lyric to, uh, because of style or what have you. But but it's not that big of a, a jump stylistically for the for the finished product, which I was really surprised at, because in my mind there is a big difference. But come to find out, well, there there isn't. There's there's two things that when I'm looking at uh,
3: at, at a set of lyrics, um, and I basically I choose the ones I want, you know. So. Yeah. Um, it has to suggest, like, as I'm reading those lyrics, it has. I have to start hearing it. It has to start to suggest the melody right off the bat to me, and then I'll I'll jump in and say, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll collab on this." Um, but the other thing is that I found so wonderful about collaborating with another lyricist, even though I can write lyrics, is uh, other people say things differently than I do. <laughs> right. There's different turns of phrase. There's different cadences and rhythms. So the song can turn out quite differently because it, the patterns are different. Yeah. I like
1: to think that my breaths are grooves, but not always. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the collaboration element, um, I don't know if it was 2008 that was the... Um, or maybe it was 2012 that where they said uh or both probably where you had to write 14 and a half songs and your half song was a collaboration um because it was the leap year it was 29 days so um i thought that was a an encouraging way to even think about collaborating because before then i i collaborated with the singer in my cover band a, a time or two and it wasn't real fruitful uh, you know it was Hey, I've got the song. Help me finish it, type of deal, one way or the other. But all of a sudden, uh, a couple of years into Farm, I was actually being asked to collaborate, or I was asking to collaborate, and that that's kind of a that was a big step for me. And FOM's opened that door. Uh, um, I, I
3: went down to Farmstock uh, two years ago. Okay. Yeah, 2013. And to to be able to walk up to people and just say, "Let's write a song." We're all here to write songs. That was yeah. out of character for me. And one of the first people I tried it with was someone I wasn't familiar with on the forum. It was this guy who. He the reason I asked him to collaborate with me is that this crazy guy had come to Stock with a. Uh, funny, funnily tuned ukulele-looking instrument. It was it was different than your regular uke. It was just a it was easy to bring on the plane. He didn't know how to play it. Huh. He brought a chord chart, and this is Stephen Stephen Wesley Giles I'm talking about. Oh wow! Well, and yeah. for the whole weekend, this incredible music came out of this tiny instrument. And it, this is a guy I want to make music with. If he can make music with anything, even something he can't play, then I'm in. <laughs> Right, and actually, right. that led me to thinking about that. And uh, part of my part of my responsibilities in the library is I have the school's music room off the edge of my library, and we had a couple of ancient auto harps huh. sitting there for ten years. It took me three days to tune them. <laughs> right, and for a guitar player, an auto harp is just cheating because you push a button, <laughs> sound comes out, yeah. and I would if if I could issue a challenge. Like every everybody on form understands how music works. Everybody on farm knows how to tell a story. Push yourself out of your comfort zone and make music on an instrument that you don't really know how
1: to play. Yeah. I I think that's really good advice. Uh, It's a good challenge. And uh, even taking it, if if you don't want to jump right in with that, just start with a a different instrument. Like Like I'm not a bass player at all, but starting bass first got me to play bass line with my acoustic guitar and then right on top of that. And even that is enough out of, if you just use a bass line first, is enough to to kind of get you creative, to spark something different and, and get you in a new direction. Especially if you're feeling, you know, kind of everything sounding the same, uh, do something like that. It really sparks creativity. It's it's a really good advice. I like that. I like that challenge. So. Um,
3: We've got a couple of the questions on the forum, on the chat, actually, uh, TC. Um, yeah, go ahead. Tesla, Tesla 3090 had a couple. Uh, just looking, they scrolled up since. I'm curious, since TC mentioned it on the podcast, does everyone take a long break after FOM before re-listening to their songs?
1: Um, as far as me, uh, I do and I don't. I usually, right at the end of FOM, I, I kind of take a listen to maybe not everything or possibly, but then I like to set them down, unless there's one or two that just really jump at me. I like to set them down and, and then a while later kind of take a listen. And, um Actually, we were on the Facebook uh, page before the site opened up. I listed how many songs I'd written in FOM. And come to find out, last year, on the last day, I had written five additional songs that I didn't remember at all. Uh wow. Yeah. And, and going back, I'm like, this was not possible. And I looked and I checked the dates on the files and I looked and looked and looked and it's like, sure enough. And then as I start listening, I'm like, Oh, I kind of remember that. Oh, I kind of remember that too. But I was, it was a, uh, kind of a feast, five songs, one right after the other as quickly as possible guitar and vocal, put it down, loaded it up. They got ignored, which was awesome. And, uh, I, I completely forgot about them. And, uh, Come If I would have gone back and listened uh a little more attentively, I would have remembered these songs. They weren't even in the uh in the fall album I'd put together after afterwards but uh but I really think listening back later kind of gives you an idea of what worked if there's something that you didn't think worked or or a song that maybe could have been better or isn't up to you know what you think it could have been being able to listen later. It makes it more objective so you can kind of see what it is. And a lot of times when I listen to a song that I've written that I don't particularly care for, a lot of times I just I listen and I go, "Ah, right there, I don't like that." Uh and, and it really gives you a good perspective. One uh, how of the about for me
3: as an acoustic uh as a solo acoustic singer-songwriter? Uh-huh. I really consider the stage to be part of my writing process. I've got to road test my mm-hmm. songs. In fact I've okay. got a gig at a local coffee house on february twenty fourth and I'll probably just sit down and play fifteen or sixteen of this year's palm songs it's oh yeah just to you know road test them yeah because um the the kind of music i i write it's a conversation, so it's really catching the eye of the people in the audience and see what touches people and again that's you know when I'm playing them with 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 children it's uh what do they how what kind of a connection am I making
1: yeah yeah i and I think uh for me personally, that's music is just about connection either emotionally or intellectually or something, but that's the whole point of music is making a connection with a listener and and if you make a connection with one listener and a, not another one, uh that can still be a successful song if if you really make a deep impact on on a small group of people it doesn't have to be a, a popular song so to speak and still be successful so so sometimes listening back to those songs or uh, it you'll discover something that you like that you really didn't give much credit to to begin with i think uh, and it's like not saying, always
3: a whole song either it's a turn of phrase
1: yeah. or
2: yeah
3: you know like, a particular progression or a particular rhythm that, oh, wait a second, if I did use this here...
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I've been guilty or, or whatever you want to call it, but I've, I've used bits and pieces of older songs to make new songs or stuck to the good chorus from one and the good verse from another and made a new song out of it. And I think that's uh, sometimes that's uh, a good way of, I don't want to say salvaging, but improving in your songwriting too, so... But, well, uh, who would yeah, you that's...
3: rather steal from yourself or Tom Petty?
1: Well, I know the answer, but <laughs> well, I uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I think we uh was it Woody Guthrie that said, uh, oh he just steals from me, but I steal from everybody. So <laughs> uh, you know it's all perspective. There, there's in one way there's nothing new, but on the other on the other hand, not everybody has your perspective. Everybody is 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 uh, uh unique. So.
3: But it, I, you know, I, I, it was really freeing when my songs stopped being as precious as my children.
1: Ah, uh, yeah,
3: you know, I can see that their stories and they, they do go off and they go go out into the world and they come back with stories of their own and that's always just cool. But um, their songs. Yeah, yeah, there's well, uh, there's that famous and I would have to look it up. I, I I'm gonna mangle it, but the. Referencing Woody Guthrie around, he, Woody Guthrie had his own copyright notice. Oh yeah, and and it was something along the lines of these here songs are copyright for twenty twenty eight years. Uh, blah blah blah, uh, pursuant to such and such a law, you know the standard boilerplate. And anyone yeah. caught singing them, or or, or copying them. Will be mighty good friends of ours. I wrote them, and that's all I wanted
1: to do with them. Yeah, and there's something yeah. to be said about about uh, sharing and and uh, kind of giving freely of the art. Um, I've got one more song, and we're almost out of time, so I'm going to start it real quick. Uh, thanks for calling in, Sean. Um, and thank you. Awesome. And this one is by MKC16 and it's called Fall. <laughs> And that was MKC sixteen with the song Fall. And that was song number four three two three four. And that's it for the Falmcast. That's all we have. No more Falmcast. Um, thank you to everybody, especially Burr and Eric and Jen and the rest of the moderators for everything they do in Falm.org and hosting this thing for us every year. Please, everybody please donate $10 for Rock Hands. Even more money will help. Uh, You can get uh, song hosting, MP3 hosting. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. Hope everybody has a great phone. See you next time.